Welcome to Church at Home. It's great to have you and everyone joining with us uh, and in this strange world that we find ourselves in right now. Last week we had Weird Church. It felt really weird for those of us that could gather together to do church differently last week and no doubt even more so today as we all do Church at Home. And so I really thought that I would welcome you to your home from my home and uh, let's do church together. I'm glad that we can at least share in this experience together. Uh, today I have cultivated a, a service for us all to be led in worship around the ever-present, all-knowing, all-powerful, all-sovereign God. And as we begin our service today, let me pray for us all. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can join together in this experience to do church at home a little bit differently. But Lord, as we gather, Lord, I pray our hearts would be worshipping you just as they would any other time. I pray that, Lord, we would uh, gather in spirit, although not in physical presence, and that, Lord, we would still be worshippers of the Most High, that you would guide us and our thoughts and our practices today, as we at home are still the church. The church is not a building, and so, Lord, we thank you that we are the church. Help us to be the church more. Amen. You know, may I encourage us all as we do enter a time of worship together that we would indeed do that. We would worship. I know that this is different and new for us all, but don't let that distract us from actually worshipping God with our hearts through this time. We're going to have just three songs today. And as we listen to the original artist who wrote and performed these songs, may you truly enter into a heart of worship and sing praises and adoration to God who is in control even in these circumstances. In my wrestling and in my doubts In my failures you won't walk out Your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. In the silence, you won't let go. In the questions, your truth will hold. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, shining in the darkness, I will follow you. Oh, my lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore. Trouble see, oh, you are my 
Welcome back to Church at Home. I'm Pastor Aaron of Wangaratta Baptist Church and if you're joining with us for the first time today, then welcome. I trust that you'll be blessed by the message today and being part of this community of faith together. 
We don't have many announcements for you today. Other than all on-site church activities have been postponed until the restrictions are lifted. Also, following the most recent announcements from our Prime Minister, not even our small groups can meet in our homes. But I'd really like to encourage everyone to remain connected with each other. Utilise technology. FaceTime or call your friends. Check in on each other and pray together. Check in on your neighbours and make sure they're going okay. There are still lots of ways that we can bring hope into our world that is crying out for it right now. Before I begin the message, I would like to encourage you to continue to give in worship of Jesus. Our direct deposit details are on the weekly emails that we've sent out. And I'll see if I can stick them on the screen here for us now too. But I'd like to take the time now to pray for provision for our nation and to pray for our Prime Minister and the other leaders of our nation and to pray for protection and healing in our world right now. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we come humbly before you asking for your provision for our world and for our nation. We ask that you provide great wisdom to our leaders who are making the decisions. We ask that you provide for families and individuals who are struggling right now. Lord, we ask that you would help every dollar stretch far and wide and that your provision would indeed be abundant and your blessings received with gratitude. We pray for Scott Morrison, our Prime Minister. May you grant him peace and rest. May you guard his heart. May you protect and encourage him. And Lord, we pray for healing in our nation and in our world right now. We pray that you would bring healing to those who are sick, that you would protect the vulnerable. And most of all, Lord, we pray that your will be done and that you would use these circumstances to accomplish your plans and purposes. Amen. I hope that uh, as we enter into our message today, that indeed God would speak to us and open our ears to hear from his word uh, today as well. All right. If you'd like to uh, open your Bibles, uh, if you've got them with you, hopefully you do. Uh, if not, I'll give you 30 seconds, not quite, not 30 seconds. Now go grab them, bring them back, because you might not be able to read it on the screen depending how it works. I don't know, we'll try. Um, so yeah, if you've got your Bibles, open them up. We're going to be exploring Luke chapter 8 today. And so we're going to be continuing our series in Luke's Gospel, exploring Jesus' ministry of hope. And so today, uh, we are indeed uh, not only looking at his ministry of hope, but we're looking at what happens uh, when Jesus steps into challenging circumstances. And uh, we're going to look at, at a few stories today, which, which I think are very poignant. So you've got your Bibles, great. Uh, open them to Luke chapter 8. And uh, we are going to start... Um, uh, not yet, hold on. Let me go back. There we go. Um, one of our values is, from our vision, is, is being a vibrant family. You know, it's hard to think about being a vibrant family in, our, in the situation that we find ourselves in today. 
each in our own homes, isolated from each other, and each doing church very differently to how we've ever done it before in our lifetime. It is so foreign to us all, but strangely enough, it is still a shared experience and something that draws us together as family. When Jesus was going around teaching, he too had a family. He too had a mother and he had brothers. And in Luke chapter 8, they wanted to see Jesus. Luke chapter 8, verse 19 to 21. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Jesus' mother and brothers are trying to see him, but they couldn't get through because of the crowds of people swarming around Jesus. And Jesus' response was that his family, his very family, are those who hear the word and do it. For Jesus, spiritual relationships were more important than physical ones. And so his real family is made up of those who hear the word of God and do it. So there are two things that Jesus says defines his family. First is hearing the word of God. And we can do this in many ways. You know, through these next few months, do not waste the opportunity that you have with all this extra time being given to us to delve deeply into the word of God. Read your Bible more. None of us have the excuse that we don't have the time. And we can also continue to tune into our live stream of church at home each Sunday morning and continue to be encouraged from the Word of God through the message, just like you're doing today. Continue your routines and healthy spiritual habits. Instead of going to church on Sunday morning, let let church come to you and let's focus more on being the church, which is the second thing that Jesus says defines his family. Doing it. Doing the word of God. Hear the word of God and put it into action. So what might that look like for us today as we're all isolated? Well, maybe one thing we can do is is be more connected with each other. Make that phone call to your family and take the opportunity to speak into their lives the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Call your three friends and let them know that you are praying for them through these strange and bizarre times. Check in on your neighbours and make sure that they're all okay. Find ways of demonstrating love to others. Why not bake a cake and drop it into a friend? Or bake a casserole and drop off a meal to someone who might be struggling with the cooking right now? You know, I heard one person say that the reason they are going to need so much toilet paper is because they're going to actually have to eat their own cooking for a change. Maybe that's an opportunity where where we can help out. I'm sure there are other ways that you can think of to put the Word of God in action in these circumstances and continue to be a vibrant family, albeit a temporarily isolated family. See, Luke then turns his focus in the rest of chapter 8 to Jesus, who is Lord of nature, demons, disease and death. He helps us answer the question, <clears throat> excuse me, who then is this? Who then is this who demonstrates authority over nature, over demons, over disease, and even death? In verse 22, Jesus gets into a boat with the disciples to go to the other side of the lake. 
So they set out. Verse 23. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake. And they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves, and they ceased, and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid, and they marveled, saying to one another, Who then is this that he commands even winds and water, and they obey him? See, although rebuked for a lack of faith, the disciples were aware that although they were hopeless in the storm, Jesus was not. And so they went to him. Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, revealing that he had authority over nature, just as the Lord God does. And so this account culminates with the question, who then is this who exercised lordship over nature itself? See, right now, nature is taking its course. A virus has taken hold globally and is affecting the way that we live our lives in an effort to protect the vulnerable from getting the virus and potentially succumbing to its symptoms. This is an act of nature. And who has authority over nature? Well, we can quite clearly see here that Jesus has all authority over nature. Now, I often look at this passage as a source of confidence in Jesus' authority over our climate, over our weather, over the created order which he has brought into being, in which he rules and reigns over. And I have confidence that Christ is in authority even over this virus. And so when I pray, I pray that Jesus would intervene and would heal people from this virus and would indeed exercise his authority and prevent the spread of this virus to vulnerable people. But if this virus continues to spread even more, does that mean my confidence in Jesus abates? No. My confidence in Christ's authority over all creation, virus included, comes from the word of God. And so putting God's word into action as a family member of Jesus... I trust that Jesus has it all under control. Jesus is Lord. I trust that our sovereign Lord and Saviour still reigns and rules today. My confidence does not come from my circumstances. Rather, my confidence is in my Saviour. Jesus then heals a demon-possessed man. Luke eight twenty-six to 39 Then they sailed to the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land, there he met a man from the city who had demons. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he had not lived in a house but among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many a time it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break from the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him. 
And they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter these, and so he gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then the people went out to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his right mind, sorry, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it told them how the demon-possessed man had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away, proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. See, here is a man possessed by many demons, so much so that they even identify themselves as legion. The demons know who Jesus is and they understand their place before him. They understand that Jesus is Lord. They, within this man, fall down before Jesus and they beg him not to cast them into the abyss, the final destination of Satan and his fallen angels. <clears throat> and so Jesus graciously, in one sense, acknowledges their request and casts them out of this man into a herd of pigs. These pigs dutifully run off a cliff and drown themselves in the lake. Now the presence of a herd of pigs clearly marks this area as an area of Gentiles. And so we see yet again that Jesus is bringing salvation to the Gentiles by healing this man. And his demonic salvation is confirmed by him now being seated at Jesus' feet and being clothed rather than naked and being in his right mind. And so from a crazy naked demon-possessed man, what Luke now describes is a person who was healed, a person who has been saved, who returns in an orderly fashion to his town, proclaiming throughout the whole city what Jesus had done. Jesus is Lord over demons. Legions of demons. Powerful demons. Jesus is Lord over them all. What are the demons you are facing in your life? Some people talk about their unhealthy addictions as demons. You know, things like drinking, pornography, gossip, gluttony, gambling. Jesus is Lord over them all. Take the times ahead as an opportunity to break from these demons that have taken hold and instead set a new path of freedom before you as you apply the gospel of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in him to the demons in your life right now. Jesus is Lord over them all. You know, in his strength, we are more than conquerors. 
You can conquer your demons. Jesus is Lord over them all. Luke then recounts for us the healing of a woman and Jairus' daughter. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him. This is Luke 8, 40-42. The crowd welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about twelve years of age, and she was dying. Here we see a desperate father with a very sick daughter falling at the feet of Jesus, asking for help. You know, right now, all over the world, there are people looking at loved ones who are sick and who too need help. They need hope. You know, this is a story I believe that is poignant for our circumstances today. The hope and assurance that we can have in Jesus Christ in the midst of disease, in the midst of sickness, and in the midst of illness is is a hope that our world so desperately needs. Continuing on. As Jesus went... The people pressed around him, 43. And there was a a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surround you, and you are pressing and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Yet another woman who had endured 12 years of turmoil with a condition that was hopeless. No one could heal her. She had exhausted all her options and all her resources trying to find a solution. And her condition would have made her ceremonially unclean, which would have cut her off from many social and religious relationships. Her life would have been one that was solitary one that was isolated, one that was so lonely and hopeless. Yet see, she had such faith in Jesus that simply touching his garment was enough for her to be healed. You know, what a contrast there is between the 12 years of hemorrhaging and failure to be healed by human means. Then she touches the fringe of his garment and a miraculous healing that comes from God happens immediately. Jesus is aware that one of these many people crowding around him actually touched him. And he'd been healed. This woman comes trembling before Jesus, understanding she's in the very presence of God. She stands there in fear. She confesses that she touched him. And Jesus addresses her as a daughter, as family. Which no doubt reassures the woman. As does this statement that, Her faith has made her well, both in the sense of physical healing and also a spiritual healing as well. 
And Jesus' final words to her, go in peace, suggest indeed that she had been saved. Her faith had saved her, hearing and doing. She'd heard about Jesus and she acted in faith, believing that she would be healed simply by touching his clothes. And she was. Jesus is Lord over illness and disease. Let me just check where the screen's at. Luke eight forty nine and 56. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler's house came and said, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any more. But Jesus, on hearing this, answered him, Do not fear, only believe, and she will be well. And when he came to the house, he allowed no one to enter with him except Peter and John and James and the father and mother of the child. And all were weeping and mourning for her, but he said, Do not weep, for she is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him, knowing that she was dead. But taking her by the hand, he called, saying, Child, arise. And her spirit returned, and she got up at once, and he directed that something should be given her to eat. And her parents were amazed, but he charged them not to tell anyone what had happened. These people made a large error. They assumed that while Jesus could heal the sick, the girl's death placed her beyond his ability to heal. Jesus had authority and has authority even over death. And what is most reassuring to us in a time such as this is that even though there may be people who, you know, may succumb to this virus and may sadly pass away, Jesus is in control of all of that. Now Jesus may choose, God may choose to heal thousands and thousands and thousands of people from this disease. And he may also choose to let some die. But through it all, he is still in control. Jesus reassures the family of this girl by saying, Do not fear, only believe, she will be well. You know, the word for well in Greek used here is sozo. And this can mean either heal or save. And many times through these miracles that we've just been walking through so far in the book of Luke, the word is used for miracles is this, this same word sozo, um, and, and most often you can see from the context that it actually means both a physical healing and spiritual salvation have taken place. And I think it is right for us to pray sozo into our circumstances right now. To pray that people would be healed physically and they would be saved spiritually. Jesus then takes his inner group of disciples... Peter, John and James, the first time these are mentioned as an inner group. And they come across the family in the household weeping and mourning. And Jesus says a ridiculous statement. So much so that they laugh. He says that she's not dead but sleeping. They miss his metaphorical use of the word sleeping. They miss the fact that nothing is outside of God's control. Nothing is outside of Jesus' authority. They miss the fact that Jesus is Lord. 
Jesus then takes the girl by the hand and says, Child, arise, and her spirit returns. The reuniting of the girl's spirit and body resulted in the return of her former earthly life. And she got up at once, then she ate, immediate proof of the miracle yet again. Now many of you would be aware of the health concerns that we all had last year for one of our long-standing church members, Gwen Jones. It was a Wednesday night last year when we got a message that she was in hospital following a turn of some description. That night I went to the hospital to visit her and Bob. When I saw Gwen and the state that she was in, I was very concerned, to say the least. My honest, truthful thought was that I would be meeting with Bob in the next day or two to arrange her funeral. Her family dropped everything from all over the country to be by her side. But God was in control even in that moment. We prayed for healing. We also prayed for God's will to be done. You know, when I left the hospital that night, I was, I was still very concerned. The first thing the next morning, I went back into the hospital to visit Gwen and Bob. I was gobsmacked. I was amazed. I couldn't believe that the lady I saw, you know, some 10 hours earlier was now standing up, walking and talking as though nothing had happened. You know, she was tired, of course, but it was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. God answered prayer. He gave Gwen back to Bob and back to her family and back to us. You know, God was in control even in those moments. Jesus is Lord. Bob that night had come to terms with God and that if he wanted to take her, he was at peace with God's will. You know, and Gwen herself can't remember a single thing about that time. But she testifies that she had a sense about the whole experience. She had a sense that she was not in a dark place. There was no sense of fear. But that she was peaceful. She knew God's presence was with her. Gwen has, of course, bounced back wonderfully since that day. Praise God. And she's even better now than she was before. I did speak to Bob and Gwen this week, asking if I could share this story. And Gwen also shared that she used to have to see a chiropractor quite regularly with back pain and the like. But since this time, she's not even been back to see him once. Even that, what was causing her pain, has been healed. And you know... There is still not a single medical conclusion as to what happened to Gwen that day. Nothing. It is a mystery known only to God. But through all of that, God was present. God was in control. There was no need to panic. There was no need to fear. God had it all under control. And Bob's response was a beacon of hope in a very difficult and trying time for their family. He had a calm assurance and trust in God that God's will be done and that God's plans and purposes would be accomplished. He never wavered from the calm assurance that Jesus is Lord. And that no different 
to how it's, it's no different to how we should be responding to our current circumstances right now. God has it all under control. We too can be a beacon of hope to those around us as we display a calm assurance and trust in God and that God's will indeed be done and that God would use this for his plans and purposes because Jesus is Lord. I have great assurance that the church would actually come out stronger following all of this. I believe that we will be better at being the church. We've gotten pretty good at at doing church over the years. But I believe we will get better at being the church. Checking in on your neighbour and friends. Being a calming presence because of the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he has all of this under his control. Because he is Lord. I also believe that when we come out of this, people are going to be searching for meaningful connection with each other. And they are going to be searching to answers, to, to deep questions in life that through this time they've had the time to ponder. You're in a world gripped by fear and panic. We are a calming presence of hope and trust. God is in control. He has it all in his hands. Jesus is Lord. We can have calm assurance that indeed through it all we can trust in God who says to us, just as he said to Jairus, do not fear. Instead continue to trust in Jesus and let his peace flood over us and into this world. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that this would be a timely reminder for us that indeed Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord over all, even these circumstances. Lord, may we remember the words of Jesus where he says to Jairus' family, Do not fear. Lord, may we too be made well by the healing power of Jesus, be protected by the healing power of Jesus. And Lord, may you protect our hearts too. May you help us be the church in these times. And whilst we do church a bit differently, I pray that it would still be a blessing to us all. But Lord, that message of hope that is in Jesus Christ that he is Lord over all he still has authority he is still ruling and reigning may we have confidence in him in the midst of these circumstances may you let that hope well up within us and let that peace that you have flood over us and flood through us into those around us we pray this in the name of the Lord Jesus who is mighty to save Amen Well, I hope that you enjoyed our first time together doing church at home. Remember, keep in touch, encourage one another, be the church. And I look forward to connecting with you again next week. Blessings to everyone.